0: Podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit CelebrationChurch.cc Our time together. I would normally start out with a light-hearted, funny anecdote or story that would begin to open up conversation about today's topic, but in light of the incidents, not just worldwide in our own country, on the heels of a week that is supposed to be about the celebration of our nation's freedom and independence, I felt opening it up a little bit different would be a bit more appropriate today. When we look at the hurt that has been expressed and expelled unjustly this past week, do our hearts not break? When we see the threads of racism alive and well in our world, are we not moved to a knowing that this has to end when we witness retaliation as a result of anguish and betrayal don't we feel don't we feel as if we're better than this and yet even in the midst and even in the midst of great evil great evil is born new platforms for division and contention amongst those who should be united together around a singular vision. You see, you have movements being started like Black Lives Matter, which is a major force in combating racism in our society. Yet in the midst of a culture's deepest hurt, you have others, while I'm sure meaning well, belittling the expression with the fact that all lives matter. Do all lives matter? Yes, absolutely. But we cannot allow our fight for what's ours to diminish the fight for what's everyone's. This morning, imagine you're at dinner with your family and everyone's gotten their food except you. And you speak up and you say, you say this. You say, I should get my fair share. To which your father responds, everyone should get their fair share. Well, what your father has said is true. His timing, his timing has dismissed your request for food while everyone else is enjoying theirs. It doesn't solve the problem. You see, there is no basis for restoration with this type of dissension. And then to our freedom fighters, law enforcement, that is now experiencing stereotypes and biased aggression that place them in fear for their lives. Well, we all know, we all know one's evil does not constitute a reality that everyone is. We are being encouraged on social media to stand up for what is right, to not be silent. My question today, my question today is this, what are we fighting for? Because at the end of all of these things, we must come back to the foundation of our humanity that we are all the same, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, Indian, male, female, the same, looking for hope, longing for meaning, just wanting to be understood, and for us, and for us, we should stand, we should hope, we should believe, but not in ourselves, not in our ability, and certainly not in our own power, for we are not the answer. We are not the cure. A campaign is not the solution. Retaliation is not the solution. And while many of these things are helpful, many of these things are helpful and needed to get things going in the proper direction, they are not the answer because there is only one hope for our nation. There's only one hope for our country. There's only one hope to end racism. There's only one hope to restore honor to our nation's guardians and those in law enforcement. And that is hope found in God through Jesus Christ. May we lift up our eyes to see that the complications that evil brings are not the complications of our God. That there is one who sees into the deepest recesses of our hearts and has a cure for all humanity. There is no hope in life outside of faith in God through Christ. There is no hope in life, outside of faith in God through Christ. Outside of faith in God through Christ. Outside of faith in God through Christ. When we look back at the creation story, and this is really, really important because in order for us to find the lives that God has designed for us, in order for us to to, to experience resolution to all the problems that our country's facing. Let's take it even deeper than that. In order to find resolution and, and restoration when it comes to the problems that you're facing, a lot of times we have to stop and we have to go back to the reason we were made. We go back to the creation story, and this is, this is kind of how, how it all played out, right? God made man, and, and he, he put him in a garden, right? He put man in a garden, and he gave them all of these incredible things. He, he made the heavens, and he made the earth, right? And he made all of the animals, and everything was in perfection. The Bible calls it paradise. Everything was in harmony together, right? And it was almost like God had set this table before humanity. And on this table existed all the things that really we don't see in our world today. On this table, there was set love. And on this table, there was set justice. And on this table, there was set wholeness and health. And on this table, there was set provision, right? And what God did, God, God made all of these things, and he set this table before man. And then God did something really, really important. He gave man the most powerful thing that anybody can ever, ever give to anybody else, and it's the power to choose. This was huge with God. And I think we all know what that's like, right? When we're in relationships, when we love somebody, we don't want the person that we're in relationship with to feel forced to love us, to feel forced into relationship with us, right? What do we want? We want the person to choose to love us. And with God, it was the same. And so when God presented this table to humanity... It was perfect. There was nothing lacking. But God wanted man to choose. So God set the table before man. He said, I want you to enjoy this table that I've created for you. That has everything that you'll ever need in life. And you have a choice. You have a choice to sit at the table that I have crafted and created for you. Or you can make the choice to try and build your own. We all kind of know what happened, right? Man said to God, God, I don't want the table that you have built for me. Man said to God, God, I want to build my own. And in that moment, everything that we know, all of the peace, all of the provision, all of the wholeness, all of the joy, all of the things that we need really in this life to have fulfillment, all of those things were wiped away. And we found ourselves victimized. And now this This thing, this evil nature was born into the hearts of mankind. This is why we see the things that we see in our world today. Because the system that we live in is fallen. The system that we live in is broken. But even in the midst of man's poor decision, even in the midst of man's darkest hour, God had a plan. Because God has this great big heart full of love for humanity despite their decisions. And so when God looked down, he knew that man couldn't fix the problem because humanity, all of humanity had been tainted by evil. They couldn't fix the problem because they had evil living within them. God knew that he had to get involved. And this is the message of Christianity, that God sent his son, God sent Jesus to earth. And this was the plan. That God would come, he'd dwell in the flesh as Jesus, right? He'd live his life as a human. He would live this perfect life that none of us are capable of living. And at the end of living that perfect life, what would happen is people would wrongfully accuse him and he would be murdered for sins, for evils that he did not commit. This would be symbolic, but it wouldn't just be symbolic. He would literally take on our mistakes and our failures into his body as he was crucified upon a cross. The plan is that Jesus would die, but Jesus just wouldn't stay dead. He would come back to life, showing his position over death, that he was greater than death, that he was greater than evil, that he had victory over the grave so that all of humanity, even in their broken condition, could come to God and have relationship with God not based upon their performance, not based upon how good they can be, but based upon the sacrifice that Jesus had made. God reestablished a way for the table to be reset. The funny thing is, though, this doesn't just happen. When we look at the world around us, I think it's pretty evident that it doesn't just happen, right? If God loves us so much, if God's so passionate about us, why is there so much evil in the world? Because connecting to the life that God has for humanity... It requires something. It requires something called faith. I want to talk about faith today. In this series we're calling It's Complicated. I think faith is one of those topics that easily, a lot of times, gets overcomplicated. In the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. It says, for it is with your heart that you believe, and this is, this is how we come to God, right? For with your heart you believe and you are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. When we come to God, we place our faith in Christ, right? We say, Jesus, I believe in what you did, and we don't just believe it in our heart, but we have an action that comes out of our mouth. We confess that I believe in the work of the cross. Something as simple as that, but what does it do? It enables us to connect with God again, and this is what faith does. This is what faith does. It enables you to connect with the things that God has promised you, And most people in our journey towards being better human beings, to connecting with God, we stop here. We come to God and we place our faith in Jesus, but we place our faith in Jesus into salvation. What does that mean? Somebody's told us that once we're done with life here on earth, there's forever somewhere, there's an eternity, and that's true. But here's kind of what I want to bring to the table today. That Jesus didn't just come and live in the flesh, taking upon our sins and failures. He didn't just come back from the dead, so that you could have eternity in heaven. Jesus came so that everything that was knocked off of this table, that through faith, it could begin to be set back up again. That if we could get to a position where we trust God, where we have faith, that we don't just stop with eternal salvation, but God wants to bring restoration. He wants to bring joy back into our lives. You know what God wants to bring? He wants to bring peace back into our lives. You know what God wants to do? He wants to reset the table. And he wants our physical well being. He wants us to be whole and, and healed. He wants us he wants to be our provider. He wants us to have provision in life. Jesus has come not just so that we could secure our eternity in heaven, Jesus has come so that the table can be reset. You see what Jesus did? What Jesus did is he reestablished that most powerful decision that God gave to humanity. And that's the power of choice. And so this is kind of, kind of how it works. If we're looking at it uh, like this. In life, you have two options. This is you or this is me. You can kind of see by the hair there that that's me, right? So, um, so this, is, this is our, our, our human journey. And, uh, and we have two options in life, okay? We have the decision that we're going to live according to our plan. Our plan, right? What could the, 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 the images that we have. This is the life. If I could just have this life. This is the life that I, w- I would be content if life was just like this. Or we can live according to God's plan. And the choice is ours. This is the same choice that he gave to humanity. You can sit at my table or you can try to build your own. If, if, we, decide, if we decide that we want to connect to our plan, what, what, how do we get there? Simply by following circumstance. We see this in the world around us, right? If I life hands you lemons, just make lemonade. You just got to kind of go with the flow. If we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen. You just got to pull through. Hopefully you can just trust God and get through it. And whatever happens, happens. And it's probably just God's will. And what happens is we become victims of circumstance. And what, what, what's, the, what's the outcome? The outcome is our plan. But if we want God's plan, if we want a life of fulfillment... If we want a life of joy and peace, if we want things to begin to change in our personal lives so that they begin to change in the world around us, you know what it requires to get to God's plan? It requires faith. Faith is what connects you to the life that God has for you. Faith is what connects you to the life that God has for you. So let's talk about what is faith. A lot of times the words get thrown, what is faith? We, we talk about what is your faith, right? A lot of times it's synonymous. We, we think it's synonymous with Religion, it's my belief system, but faith is so much more than that. This is this is really how simple faith is. What faith is is faith is choosing, choosing to trust what God says over what I see, hear, and feel. Choosing, <laughs> it's a choice. Choosing to trust what God says over what I see, hear, and feel. And it's pretty pretty evident when we read this definition, right? Why we don't? Because in our lives we face some Incredible obstacles. How, how can I trust God when the world around me is falling apart? How can I trust God when my life doesn't seem to be going like I expected it to go? But this is what faith is. It's the choice that we, that we bear down, that we put our foot down. We say, no, I, I will choose to trust God and what he says over what I see, over what I hear, and over what I feel. How do we know what God says? For us as followers of Christ, it's simple. We believe that the Bible is God's word speaking to humanity. And so when we get into the Bible, we begin to understand that God has actually a lot to say about our lives. God has a lot to say about the resetting of the table. There's well over 3,000 promises in the Bible. There's so many different people that have so many numbers that have counted even more than that. But there's well over, well over 3,000 promises in the Bible. Isn't it interesting that most of us in our lives settle settle solely for just eternity? Isn't it interesting that even the people that we would think is like the really good Christians, they probably only settle for two or three good ones? And yet God has so many promises for you in your life to walk in fulfillment, to begin you, to begin to live a life, a fulfilled life, so that the world around you can then begin to experience healing. How do I get faith? We get faith by filling ourselves with God's word. In Romans 10, uh, you, you've heard it said probably like this if you've been in church for very long, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, faith comes from hearing God's word. What builds our ability to trust God is knowing what God says about our situation. If you have broken relationships in your life, how do I build faith? Knowing what God says in regards to your relationships. If you're struggling financially, you you don't have provision, and it seems like you're just paycheck to paycheck, and how do you trust God when it comes to your financial situation? It's by filling yourself with what God says about your financial situation, that he wants to meet all of your needs. You see, what faith does is faith positions you for what God has promised you. Faith positions you in life for what God has promised you. In the, the world that we live in, we have something that kind of makes the world go around. It kind of drives our society. What is it? It's, it's our economic system. It's money. Money is what kind of drives our, our economic system and the world uh, around us. And, you know, in, in, the, in the spiritual realm, and, and why the spiritual realm is important, because Those of us who come to church, at the the foundation of it all, we have come to terms with the fact that I am not just a temporal being. I'm not just a human occupying a space in a a world, in a solar system. No, no, no. I'm I'm a spirit being, and I live forever. When we own that fact, we have to live life a little bit differently. We begin to understand that not only are there natural laws like gravity that exist, that keep our feet planted on the earth, but there's spiritual laws that make things go round. And so in the spirit realm, just like money makes the world go around in the natural realm, you see, in God's economic system, faith is his currency. So just like money moves things around in the natural realm, it's faith that activates things in the spiritual realm. Here's the thing about faith, though. Faith requires action. Faith requires action. And, and we can kind of see this, how, how it's mirrored kind of naturally. It's like if I have this this $5 bill, right? Maybe I'm needing to buy a toothbrush and toothpaste. I'm needing to brush my teeth. You know, if I never go to the store, even though I have the ability to make a transaction to buy the things that I need to buy, if I never take this money and go to the store and spend it, this money's pretty much worthless to me. If I never take this $5 bill and put it into action, this $5 bill is just a piece of paper to me. And the same thing is true when it comes to our faith. If we say, God, I trust you. If we say, God, I believe the things that you've said about me are true, but if I don't have a corresponding action that shows that I truly believe what I claim to believe, do I really believe it? Right? This is why we don't just believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. Right? We believe in our heart, then what do we do? We confess out of our mouth. Why? It's a corresponding action. I don't just say that I believe, I'm acting out that I believe. This is why we get baptized, right? I don't, want just, I don't want just my... I want to make a public declaration of my personal decision to follow Christ. I mean, I think it's incredible, even in our church, and just in the past month, we've had over 100 people be water baptized. Isn't that awesome? People making a public declaration of their faith in Christ. Why is that, Why is that awesome? Because that is faith in action. In the book of, uh, of James, chapter 2, it says this. It says, Dear friends do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? He says, for instance, you come upon an old friend that's dressed in rags and half starves, and yet you say to this friend, good morning, friend. Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. But you walk off. You walk off without providing so much as a coat and a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? You know, in in our lives, I think that we understand this. I mean, this is like, okay, this applies to our faith, but, but we really, really understand this concept, right? Don't just tell me that you love me. Show me that you love me, right? Don't just talk the talk. You better walk the walk, right? Put your money where your mouth is prove it. We think in life, we believe at the core of who we are, that if you truly have a conviction of something, that your actions should show it. So my question, I guess, to all of us, is what I claim to believe leading me to action? We have so many different things on this table that God wants to reset and put back into its proper place in our lives. When it comes to our relationships, right, we can can pray, Man, some of us have some, some hurt and some brokenness in our relationships, in our friendships, in our, in, in our relationships with our children or with, with our parents. I and mean, we can pray and we can cry and God, please heal these relationships. But you know what? God has given you promises as it pertains to your relationships. God has given you a promise and not only has He given you a promise, He's given you things to act out in regards to that promise. He tells you what God has joined together, let no man separate. He wants your relationships to flourish. But you know what He also wants you to do? He wants you to walk in love. He wants you to not be rude or boastful or proud. He doesn't want you. Uh, he, he wants you to be able to, even when people hate you, that you would pray for them. So how can we? Right? Here, here, here's my question, though. We can say we can say, "God, I'm trusting you in my relationships." But if our actions don't show it, if we're always bitter, if we're always jealous, if we're always envious, if we always have a chip on our shoulder, I can't believe that. You know what? We're not giving God access. Why? Because there's no faith. If there's no action, and if there's no faith, then God doesn't have access to our lives if i say god god i trust you right god you're my source and my finances god we're struggling here man we're doing everything that we know to do god and we just don't have enough money to pay my bills god you say you're our provider but yet i'm not doing what god asked me to do when it pertains to finances i'm not generous if i'm not a generous person and i'm asking for god's involvement if i don't honor him with 10 percent of my income like he asked me to do in tithing can god get involved no why it's not because he doesn't want to and it's not because you're not jumping through it. It's because there's no faith. God requires faith. In order for you to access the promises of God, there has to be faith. And faith requires action. Here's the thing about faith, though. And a lot of times this is a huge misconception. And I think it's really, really important today that we see this right. Acts of faith do not earn God's promises. Acts of faith do not earn promises. God's promises. This is how a lot of people see faith, right? Because we talk about, right, we have our part to play, and you do have your part to play. But your part to play is not so that God will pop out a blessing, right? A lot of times we come before God, we say, God, but, but I did what you asked me to do. God, where's my blessing, God? I, I, we, we treat God like he's this, you know, this big gumball machine, that if I do this, then God will do that. Why is that an improper view of faith? Because we remove grace from the equation. Remove what Jesus has done for us for, for, from the equation. And what we do is we go back to an obedience equals acceptance mentality. What is that? That's religion. You see, God God is not up in heaven holding on to all of the promises, saying, well, if they just do that, then I would give them the promises. No. And, and how, we, how do we know that? There's something really, really powerful that happened on the cross. At the end of Jesus being crucified, he he said three words that really changed everything. He said this. He said, it is finished. It is finished. What did that mean? Everything that was removed from the table when man made a poor decision, in that moment through Jesus' sacrifice, he had created an opportunity for restoration through faith. God is not waiting to do anything in your life. God has already done everything that he wants to do. It is our job to access it through faith. You can never earn God's promises. We can never earn our salvation. It's not about that. It's about trusting God. While acts of faith do not earn God's promises, what acts of faith do is they position you for God's promises. I'm going to explain that. Nav comes stand right there. my brother-in-law. He's going to stand right there at the table. I'm going to tell you, um, here, I have this ball, and I come to Nav, and I say, all right, bro, I'm going to throw this ball to you. Stand right at that table. Now, when I go to throw the ball, he says, okay, I'll catch it, but then you go sit in the chair. Now, I just told, I just told Nava that I'm going to throw the ball towards that table. No, 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 it's okay. I got it. I'm going to go ahead and throw the ball. What's going to happen when I throw the ball? He's not going to catch the ball. Now, why didn't, why didn't Nava catch the ball? Was it because I didn't want him to catch the ball? Was it because I didn't think that he was good enough to catch the ball? Was it because he wasn't doing the things that I wanted him to do to catch the ball? No. Why didn't he catch the ball? He didn't catch the ball because he wasn't in position. See, this is what faith does. It's not about earning God's promises. God is already doing the things that he wants to do. It's through faith. When we stand in a position of faith that says, God, I choose to believe you despite what I see, hear, and feel. I'm not getting God to do anything. I'm simply positioning myself for what God has for me so that I can walk in his promises. Thank you. This is the picture of faith. This is what God wants to do in our life. Everything has to be accessed through faith. It's a huge, huge deal. It's a huge, huge deal. We'll never see healing in our land without it. We'll never see healing and hope in our lives without it. Here's the deal: When we live outside of faith, we limit ourselves from living the life God has designed for us. Here's an, even a simpler way of saying it. When we don't choose, when we don't choose to trust God despite what we see, hear or feel, we limit ourselves from living the life that will fulfill us. We all have this place in our minds that we really would like to be, right? Man, if I could just have that in my life, then there'd be so much fulfillment. When we don't choose to trust God, despite what we see, hear, or feel, we limit ourselves from living the life that will fulfill us. Did you know that even if you choose, even if you choose not to walk in the promises of God, this isn't about how God views you. You know that God loves you no matter what? We talk about tithing and we talk about stepping out and trusting God for your relationships. Did you know that none of that, none of that will change? If you decide, I don't want to do that, that God still loves you regardless, you know that God's not even disappointed in you. But here's the deal you will never experience the fulfillment in life that you desire and that God desires for you outside of faith. It's the game changer. So if faith is the thing that really makes things move, what is the problem? What kills our faith? We talked about one, feelings, right? What do you do when you feel like it's not working? It doesn't feel like it's working, right? I'm, I'm doing it. What do you do when you're stepping out to believe God and you don't feel God? We can't be moved by our feelings. Our feelings will lie to us. We all know this. We all think about the first time you fall, fell in love, Right? You look back on some of those prom photos, and you think, man, what was I thinking? Yet in that moment, right, in that moment, it felt so right. Feelings change. Feelings can lie to you. Feelings should not be the dictator of whether God's promises are true or not. No, we have to press past even the times when it doesn't feel like we think it should feel to trust God. Another thing we allow to steal our faith is fear, right? Right? Fear. We fear things we don't understand. How could this happen? I don't understand. God, if you're a good guy, why are these things happening? We look at the life of somebody that, man, we thought they were like the all-star Christian, right? We thought it was somebody that had a ton of faith, and yet they end up getting a disease and dying. What now? And we allow this circumstance that we don't understand to kill the promises of God in our life. Listen, you don't know the ins and outs of that person's life, and frankly, it's none of our business. Our job, the responsibility that God has given to you is to trust Him no matter what. There's going to be things in life that you don't understand. My dad gave me this definition a long time ago that really, really helped me. He said, when we talk about trust, what are we talking about? You know what trust is? Trust is not knowing all of the answers and being okay with it. Knowing that there is a God that sees things maybe just a little bit better than we do. Sometimes I think we fear failure. We tried before. I've tried this kind of before. Just things didn't seem to work out. Or man, from an from an outward perspective, man, if this doesn't work out, if I step out, man, and I and I try to trust God even with my resources, and I try to do what God says when it comes to tithing or generosity, and if it doesn't work, man, I'm going under. Right, and so we allow fear to keep us back from something that God has for us. I think another big one is time. Right, why hasn't it happened yet? You ever been in that position? Man, I've been believing for a long time and it still hasn't happened. God, are, are your promises really... Anytime we get in that position, we allow time to be greater than our God, you know what, we're immediately out of faith. And anytime we're out of faith, we, we, we stop, we prohibit our ability to walk in the great things that God has for us. We stop the resetting of the table. Here's the deal, time's going to pass anyway. I'd much rather be the person that trusts God till the end than the person that bows out early. I refuse to let something that runs mankind, run my God. Sometimes we think if it hasn't happened by now, it will never happen. What dreams in your heart have you given up on? Things that you really believed were from God, but now, now you're too old. Man, I missed, I missed it, right? Time has already passed. It's never gonna happen now. So, so now, now time is bigger than your God. No, no. Refuse to be moved, by things that want to steal your faith because God's word cannot fail. I love this passage of scripture. It says this in Isaiah 55, just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing the work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry. It's this picture of the the water cycle. It says this, so will the words that come out of my mouth, they won't come back empty-handed. My words, God's words, they will do the work I sent them to do, and they'll complete the assignment I gave them. Here's the encouraging thing today. If we don't give up in life, we win. God's words cannot fall short. What God says about your family, what God says about our country, what God says about our relationships, what God says about your financial situation, what God says about your work life, what God says about your vocational situation, what God says it cannot fail. And if we will dig deep and choose, make the choice despite circumstance, despite what I see, despite what I hear, despite what I feel to trust our God, what God says will come to pass. I love the way it says it in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we live by faith. We live by choosing to trust God despite what I see, hear, or feel. Not by sight. I know it can be difficult. I know it can be hard. I've experienced things in my life. When my second second born came into this world, it seemed like everything was great. Everything was this picture, man, you just have what it's going to be like. And he was born and it wasn't 24 hours. They come in and they rush him off to the ICU, the NICU, for, for, for babies. And he's in there for like a week. And before my eyes, I'm thinking, God, it's not supposed to be this way. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Have you ever been in a situation where you come up against and you have to ask yourself, do I really believe that God is my provider? Do I really believe that God is my healer? Do I really believe that God is a good God? And I remember in that moment as they did thing after thing and they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And here's my baby, my newborn, with tubes coming out of his head and I'm sitting there and my mom and my dad are with me and I'm having to turn my face when my wife comes in to hold our baby because, like God, it wasn't supposed to be like this. And I remember digging deep into the well of my heart to choose to believe, God, I will believe what you say. Over what I feel God over the tubes that I see coming out of my baby's head I will choose to believe that you're good That you're a healer That you are a provider God you are, you are our source I remember going home and Man I was a wreck Being strong for everybody but I was a wreck And I remember sitting down at my keyboard And there's a song that we sing around here called "Strong Town." I remember out of the well of my heart I remember singing to God God there's no fear in my heart My God has crushed the enemy I remember singing from the well of my heart, God, there's no tearing my heart, because my God was crushed to keep me at peace. I remember out of the well of my heart declaring, I will stand tall like a strong tower, even when the winds, they rage. God, you are my strong tower. I don't know what you're facing today. I look around and I see the condition that our world is in, but you know what? We can have campaigns and we can march and all of that thing is good and we need to stand up for what is right. But at some point we have to come to terms and we cannot fix it. God and God alone holds the answers. I love the way another translation of the scripture says it. It says, that's why we live with such good cheer. You don't see us drooping our heads and dragging our feet. No, not us, not us, not believers. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keeps us going. Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop us? Not us. Not us. What if we could lock arms? And rather than just believing in our own ability to stand for what is right, what if we could lock arms and believe in the goodness of our God? What if we could lock our arms for a real solution, for a real answer that doesn't just change our lives, that doesn't just change the facets of who we want to be, but in turn begins to change the current of our society? Whatever your situation today, I'm confident of this. God has more. If you will choose to trust him, if you'll choose to trust him, despite some of you need to be reminded today that it's a choice you have a choice I know your mountain's big I know it's burdensome I know it's heavy I know you think no one understands but you still have a choice you still have a choice to lift your eyes to the mountain from which your help comes from to say God this problem is big but I believe that you are bigger for there is no hope outside of faith in God through Christ. Let's pray today. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.